This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. I want to begin this morning with this word that is unusual. You will certainly think it's unusual, and that is the word creep. Creep. Hmm. The spelling is the same, but we use it in different ways. In fact, I'm going to share with you two ways where it's completely opposite how we use that word. The word creep is a derogatory label used to describe someone who behaves in a way that perhaps we might find offensive, right? Uh, someone who just stares at you. Yeah. Chuck's going, what? What are you doing? Uh, someone who asks a lot of inappropriate questions. Anybody ever had that happen to them? You know, we might call, that person was a creep. Or, you know, someone who doesn't know the definition of personal space. You ever? <laughs> we might say of that person, that person is a creep. All right? But then the word is used to describe something that is slow moving. Right? Something that moves so slow that it cannot be heard and you, you, you can't even hardly notice that it's moving. It's just creeping along. For example, someone's trying to sneak up on you to scare you. What would we say? They're creeping up on you very slowly, very methodically, very carefully. Or perhaps we might uh, use this word in relation to a snail that's trying to go from point A to point B. And we would say, man, that snail is just creeping along. Barely even know it's moving. But the word can also describe how stated goals and objectives of an individual or an organization can move off course so slightly, so slowly, that we don't even hardly recognize it until one day the goals, the objectives of that organization are altogether different than what they had been when the organization adopted them. And it's that last statement that defines a problem impacting, as I said, organizations, both religious and secular, and can affect individuals as well. You've heard me use the term before, I'm sure. Mission creep is what I'm talking about today. A condition wherein an organization or individual allows themselves to be distracted from their stated purpose to pursue goals that are outside of that stated purpose. Now let me say that new goals that are outside of the original stated purpose, extra goals, aren't necessarily bad. In fact, more times than not, they are things that are really good. But no matter how good new goals may be, there is a limit to how many good things an organization or an individual can effectively pursue. Too many good ideas result in time and resources wearing thin, threatening the advancement of the original purpose, and possibly even leading to decline 
and in the worst case, extinction. <laughs> Mission creep is pervasive in our, in our culture because it is pervasive in humanity. We tend to get bored if things aren't changing up regularly. And so while a stated purpose may have been exciting initially, the tendency is to drift from it to embrace new, more exciting endeavors. And I bring this to our attention today because the mission church is just as susceptible to mission creep as any other church or organization. In fact, listen to me carefully. If we do not take intentional steps to guard against mission creep, we will eventually begin to creep away from our purpose. And that's why the leadership of TMC, the mission church, established an annual review of our mission with a subsequent call to renew its commitment and engagement to that mission. At this time, I'm going to ask for our, my readers to come on up and be prepared to read their scriptures. And I've changed this microphone because they said the other one doesn't go out on live stream, and I want folks out there to be able to hear uh, what they're reading. As we think about a mission, ours here at the Mission Church is not one that is derived by mankind. It is one that is given to us by God himself. It is derived by two passages of Scripture spoken by our Lord. And I've asked Carol Kundakshian and Dan Brower to read those for us. And so, Carol, would you come and read the passage I've asked you to read? Good morning. I'm reading from the book of Matthew, Matthew 22, verses 34 through 40. But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered together. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. I'll be reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses 18 through 20. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Thank you. Appreciate that. So those two statements that they just read, and they are statements, were made by Jesus himself. And those statements are the foundation for our mission here at the Mission Church. And so this morning, I want us to review it, to review our mission, our vision, and two other statements as well. Let's begin with our mission. It's on the door, right above the door, right out here on the west side. Every time you come, every visitor that comes, every delivery that comes, they know right, right off the bat what we're all about. Our mission here is to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. This is why the mission church exists. We have no other reason. This is our purpose. It begins with a loving focus on God. 
defined then by a loving focus on those whom he created, resulting in our helping them become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. Someone says, well, what, what is a fully functioning follower of Christ Jesus? Let me give you a quick definition. A fully functioning follower of Jesus is one who first is actually following Jesus, meaning that they have come to that place in their life where they have recognized that they are a sinner, that they are in need of a Savior, that they have looked to Jesus Christ as their Savior and their Lord. They have repented of sin, and they are looking to him, and they are uh, trusting him and what he has accomplished through his death and resurrection for right standing with God the Father. Secondly, a fully functioning follower of Christ is one who is being transformed by Jesus, simply meaning this, that they are regularly surrendering to God's word and to God's spirit, thus being systematically conformed to the image of Christ. That is the whole purpose of of faith, of, of our relationship with Christ, is that we would be conformed to his image. And then, as we mature in Christ, that we will come to that place where we join Jesus in his mission, discovering our spiritual gifts, giving time and energy to be equipped for ministry so that we can proclaim the gospel, helping those who receive it then to grow in, their, in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. So, evangelism and discipleship sum up what we are all about here at the Mission Church, and I'm going to come back to those two words in just a moment. Out of our mission comes a vision. And when I talk about vision in this context, I'm I'm talking about where we see ourselves going, what we are hoping and trusting and striving and praying for our future to look like. When we talk about vision in this context, we're not talking about what we are or where we are right now, but where we see ourselves in the next three, five, or ten years. And this is our vision statement. Our vision is to establish a growing body of believers in Urbandale, Iowa, that embrace and live out the gospel of Jesus Christ to the end of making healthy, maturing followers of Jesus across generational, gender, and racial lines. By the way, you'll notice on the screen that I've added a number two in parentheses. Every document now that we have our vision on, has that's been added, so that it doesn't require much of any explanation. There are only two, but I've explained to you why that is there in times past. I won't go back into that right now. The bottom line is that uh, among the important things this vision statement says about us is that the gospel of Jesus Christ is the center of who we are and what we are about. And that then leads me to uh, truth point number one. The gospel is all we have to offer the people of our community. Truly, that is a fact. And we can offer them friendship, and we can offer them belonging, and we can offer them this, that, and the other. I mean, in a lesser sense. But at the end of the day, that's not what we're striving to offer them. What we are striving to offer them is the authentic, real gospel of Jesus Christ. And there are many false gospels out there, as you're well aware of. But we're seeking to present 
the gospel of Jesus Christ from his inerrant, infallible word. Since the gospel is all we have to offer, then the gospel must be enough. If someone says, Pastor Mike, what do you have for this group? And I say, well, right now we don't have anything. Well, I can't be here. Well, I'm sorry. I can't do anything about that. All I can offer you is the gospel. That's what it's all about. That's why we're here. We're not here to create niche groups for every group, every, every person's slice and size and, and, and outlook. We're here to promote the gospel, to promote the gospel. And so it must be enough or we're not enough. And the reason it must be enough is because of this. What you win people with is what you have to do to keep them. What you win people with is what you have to keep them with. If you win people with the next big thing, and many churches are trying to create that next big thing that's going to get folks in, then what I've discovered, uh, because I used to do that, by the way, is that you have to keep creating new big things to keep them coming back. But if you win them with the gospel of Jesus Christ, uh, then the gospel is all you have to give them to keep them coming back and to keep them moving together to reach others with the gospel. Someone says, well, at TMC, uh, what, what, what do you all say the gospel is? Do you have a definition for it? And the gospel, I could stand up here for hours and talk about it, but we need an elevator statement then we can take and break down later on. But this is our gospel statement. TMC's gospel statement is this, is that the gospel is the good news that through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God has made a way for sins to be forgiven, to be adopted into his family, and to receive eternal life with him. That is the gospel. There's much deeper things that we can say about it, but on the surface, that explains, in a nutshell, what it's all about. It is the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, which opens the door to be forgiven of our sins, our transgressions, our iniquities, to be brought into the family of God as children of God, and to receive eternal life to be with him forever. So the name that we have as a church, the Mission Church, we didn't just come up with that willy-nilly. That, that name was chosen intentionally because we came to recognize that we have a mission. Our mission is not to chase fads or trends or to develop, as I said a moment ago, niche groups that keep people siloed in demographic groups. But our mission is to bring the generations, male and female, the genders together, and the races, those who are of uh, all nation, tribe, and tongue, to make them one body working together for one common goal, and that being loving God by loving others, helping them become fully functioning followers of Christ Jesus. That then leads me to truth point number two this morning, which says this, that Jesus gave us a specific methodology of helping people become fully functioning followers of himself. And that methodology is discipleship. He commissioned his followers to make disciples. I believe 
that biblical discipleship is the greatest failing of the modern-day church. And I believe that this failing explains the explosion of professing believers deconstructing their faith. How many of you have heard of that, of people deconstructing their faith? Raise your hand. I want to see. How many of you actually have heard of that? Okay, a few, right? Majority seem as though you have not. So what is that all about? What do you mean deconstructing their faith? Well, deconstruction in this context can be defined this way. People who once declared faith in Jesus as their Savior and Lord, walking away from that profession, stating they no longer believe nor walk with him. It is becoming an epidemic among professing Christians. And I believe that one of the biggest reasons that this is happening and growing is because over the last decades, in most of our good churches, discipleship was something that was really in the back burner. You say, Pastor Mike, how could that possibly be? A church like ours, in our history, we preached biblical messages every Sunday. Remember when we used to go to church on Sunday night? We did it then too. And then we have Wednesday night stuff for for children, Awana, where they memorize verses and, and, and youth group or, where teens come together and are, are taught the Word of God on their level. And we've got classes and we've got small groups for everybody. So how in the world can you stand up there today and tell us that discipleship is a failing? I'm going to say that because, listen to me, sermons are important. I'm giving one now and I think it's important. And they have a place in discipleship. And classes are important. And small groups are important. But what I want to communicate to us here today, and I want us to walk away with as we are moving into 2024, is that it takes, listen to me carefully, it takes more than hearing the Sunday sermon. It takes more than attending classes. It takes more than going to groups to make a fully functioning follower of Christ. Listen, discipleship is much more personal than that. Much more personal. And our disciple-making statement points that out. Take note. Disciple-making is the process. I wish I would have had you write that down or bolded it or something. I don't know how I missed that. But disciple-making is a process of intentionally entering into relationships that help people follow Jesus, be transformed by Jesus, and join Jesus in his mission. An intentional process. A one-on-one process. A one-on-two process. Again, there's a place for 500 people to gather and hear the sermon. And there's a place for 25 people to get together and uh, study how to have a Christian marriage. There's a place for that. And there's a place to go to someone else's home in a small group setting and develop relationships there and friendships there and go through what's some kind of Bible study. That's important. That's good. But I'm going to tell you what. I did all those things growing up. I was in church from the day I was born. 
And I did those things religiously because my mom and dad made sure of it. And I grew up with a lot of head knowledge and very little heart application. And why? Because, you know, when you're just sitting listening to somebody else, the questions you might have, the things you might want to discuss, you get up, you walk out, you forget all about it until maybe next month or next week and all oh, pastor's busy, he's got no time and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? When you get together on a weekly basis with another mature believer and you begin to really hammer out what does this look like to live in this way, there is much more of an opportunity for you to mature yourself and to grow. And then when you get to a certain level and you begin to be the mature Christian, helping a less mature Christian, that, my friend, is when you really grow. That's when you really grow. Boy, you guys are just looking at me like, wow. <laughs> but seriously... I grew more as a Christian when I began teaching Sunday school than I ever did before. And I've grown even more since I started being a pastor and preaching the Word on a weekly basis. Because now it became very real to me. And I've got someone asking me questions. And I've got to dig in to find those answers. And when I can't find those answers, well, then I've got to say, well, brother or sister, let's pray about that. We'll continue to look into that. And we'll trust the Holy Spirit to show us. But you mature and you grow in your faith more when you are actively leading someone else. But you've got to be led first. And so discipleship is important. Truth point number three. Both evangelism and discipleship are best engaged at the personal level rather than the event level. not the only way to do it i'm just saying it's best on the personal level part two stadium type evangelistic efforts stadium type you 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 can figure out what i mean stadium type evangelistic efforts may see big numbers of professions of faith but without that personal development investment by another believer the numbers of those who fall by the wayside are just as large. And that is a fact. I'm not against stadium-type stuff. If we can gather a crowd of 30,000 people to hear the gospel, we'll praise the Lord. But we better have more than just that. We better have more than just someone walking to the front and saying a prayer after somebody else. We better have more than just a book or a pamphlet to give them, hoping they'll read it and that they'll go to church somewhere uh, and, and, and grow up. Now, those new believers who, who make that profession of faith, they need a mature man or woman who comes alongside of them and personally invests in them, not just for a day, not just for a week, not even for just six months, but maybe a year, two years, or three years. And as I said... Not only is that person who's being invested in growing, but the one doing the investing is growing more than they've ever grown in their life. I'm on a time limit here, so I've got to be careful about stopping and freelancing. But I want to say that there are many Christians, perhaps in this room, perhaps online, 
perhaps over in the overflow room. And people would look at you and they would consider you to be a mature Christian. And yet the, the truth of the matter is, you're just kind of setting and languishing. You're just kind of setting and languishing. And you got your life involved in all kinds of unspiritual things. And really almost no involvement other than coming to church or going to a group in spiritual things. And I'm going to tell you what's missing in your life, friend. What's missing in your life is that investment in another believer. That's the next step. That's the next step. And so we believe in and desire to be a disciple-making church, to help people become fully functioning followers of Christ. And so today we review our mission and vision and our gospel and disciple-making statements for two reasons. Number one, to remind ourselves as we begin a new year about why we are here. It's a reset, and we need to make it regularly. And number two, to ask ourselves the question, as we look back on 2023, how are we doing in the purpose for which God established us here? How are we doing? Because, truth point number four, if our bank account is full as a church, and if our seating capacity is full, and if our community can't stop saying enough good things about us, all positive stuff, if all that is true of us but we have no disciples to speak of, then we are not successful, but we are failing. God didn't call us to have big bank accounts. He didn't call us to fill auditoriums. And he didn't call us to make ourselves popular in our community. If those things happen, praise God, that's awesome. That's a blessing. But he did call us to make disciples. And if we've got all the other stuff, but no disciples to speak of, then we are not succeeding. We are failing. And that is why, then, I call upon us today to renew our commitment to the mission and vision that God has laid before us. Truth point number five, ministry is a spiritual family affair. God has placed his spirit in every believer, giving spiritual gifts, meaning spiritual abilities, to each believer for ministry. God calls his children to commit themselves to other believers, pooling their, various, their varied gifts to accomplish his purpose in and through the church. The truth be told, I can only do, I can only do what God has gifted me to do. That's all I can do, which means I need you. And you can only do what God has gifted you to do, and that means you need me and you need each other. And when we unite ourselves in common relationship with Christ, each of us engage, engaging our spiritual giftedness, when we do that, then we progress in our mission and in our vision. When we sit on the sidelines, we then deny the reality of our mission and vision and we become unprofitable as a servant of Jesus Christ. And so I would just ask, no judgment here, because I don't know 
I know many of you are engaged, but what about you individually, whomever you may be? As I make a sweep across the room, right? And stop for the camera because there are folks that are checking us out right now online. And I move on through, right? Right? Are you engaged? Are you involved? Is there something you can point to specifically where you are using what God has invested in you by his spirit for the glory of Christ? Or are you sitting on the sideline? Which leads me to ask this question. Why are you at TMC? Why, why do you come here? Why, why do you give here? Why? I trust it's because you believe in the mission and the vision that God has given us and that you desire to be part of what God is doing in and through this church. I can tell you that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. And so today... January the 7th, 2024, I renew my commitment to the mission and vision that God has given this church. And I ask all of you to hold me accountable to that. You have my permission to come up to me at any given time and say, Pastor Mike, how you doing with that? Don't just assume because I'm the pastor that I am fully engaged, because I may not be. I might need your accountability. But I make that commitment to you today. And I ask you if you will make that commitment also. A renewed commitment to be part of our mission and vision. Finally, reviewing and renewing, they are critical to the mission. However, they both then ultimately rest on engaging engaging if you get an email how many of you've gotten an email from me ever now i want to say this there's some fake emails going on out there where i say uh i'm in a meeting right now uh uh could you do me a favor and that's it no 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 nothing under you know right away this is a fake email because the next if you say yes pastor what what can i do I'm going to then say, well, it's not going to be me. It's going to be somebody over in Africa who's pretending to be me. They're going to say, well, why don't you go buy some, some gift cards and, and then take pictures of the back. And anytime you get anything like, just, just, you just get rid of it because that's not me. All right. But if you get a, real, a legitimate email from me, you will see that underneath my signature or my name is this statement. Direction, not intention, determines destination. How many of you have seen that? on an email. Others are going, what? I never look. Okay. But direction, not intention, determines destination. Here's what that means. It simply means that you can intend with all your heart to go to Ankeny from here. I was in Ankeny yesterday. I intended to go there and I went there. You can intend to go to Ankeny from here, but if you go west on I-80 or you go south on I-35, you're never, ever going to get to Ankeny. To, the, the bottom line is, is that intending to go to Ankeny is not enough. It's not enough. To get there, you must place yourself in the direction of Ankeny. You've got to turn. Well, I'm not sure which. Let's see, that's west. So I'm thinking Ankeny's kind of this way, right? 
You got to turn yourself toward where you're wanting to go. And then you've got to intentionally engage movement toward that target. The point for us is this intending to love God and intending to love others, helping them to know and grow in Jesus is great. It's awesome. It's the, it's the first step. But if we never engage gospel ministry, then we're never going to achieve or even make a dent in the mission that God has given us. So today, I call on us not only to review and to renew and review, but to look down the road that is 2024 and by God's grace say and commit and do to say, I, we, will engage in the mission that Jesus has given us. So, TMC family, will you renew your commitment to our mission and vision? You don't have to shake your head right now. You don't have to stand up and say, yes, I will. I'm just asking you between you and God, will you do that? Will you commit to our stated mission and vision and say, by God's grace, according to the way he's gifted me and with the help of many others, I commit to engaging this year. Will you engage in the ministry of evangelism and discipleship? It's why we exist. It's our purpose. If your answer is yes, then I have one more question what specific way will you engage? Because, again, yes can be a, an intention that never gets anywhere. So how? How are you going to engage? And maybe you're not prepared to answer that question right now. But that becomes then a point of prayer and consideration. Each week, Pastor Brett sends out an email on Sunday afternoon called Digging Deeper. How many of you have gotten that before? All of you should have. It's on our email list. I want you to be sure and check that out today or tomorrow, this particular email that's going to come out today. Because today's Digging Deeper is going to have a free ebook on discipleship attached. There's one for women specifically, one for men specifically. Today's uh, Digging Deeper will also uh, have a link to a spiritual gifts assessment that allows you to explore your gifts. And how you could be more involved at TMC. Also, I would encourage you when this service is over to visit the Next Steps table out in the Mission Cafe. Brett has a lot of resources that can help you in your growth in 2024. And I'm not talking about a few. If you go out there today, you're going to see a table that is absolutely overflowing with free resources for you. There's books there on how to read the Bible. There's books there on how to make disciples. There's a video course for marriage and parenting. There's a video course and books for family discipleship. And so I would encourage you to stop by and see if there's anything on that table that you might walk away with that could be helpful to you in your spiritual development in 2024. Finally, I say this to anyone in this room, anyone over in the... Um, overflow room or anyone who's watching online if you do not know Christ Jesus as your Savior and Lord then I invite you today to consider who he is and what he has done for you as to who he is Jesus is God's son 
He was called by God the Father to take on flesh, to become one of us so that he could represent us before the Father. What he has done is he took upon himself our sin. He absorbed the full wrath and punishment from the Father for our sin. He died our death, and he rose from the dead with new eternal life. He did everything that we cannot do ourselves so that we could be redeemed from sin's curse and so that we could be given new life and right standing with God. And so I ask those who may hear this, and this may apply to you, I ask you, what questions do you have about the gospel? What would you like to look at deeper? Where would you like to go to understand more about what it means to become a follower of Jesus Christ? My contact information is on the screen. And if you will reach out, I'll reach back. And as we sit down and talk, I really believe that if you are sincerely seeking the Lord, he will meet you at the point of your need, and he will touch your life, and you will never be the same. Father, I pray now that you will take these things that have been shared on this first Sunday of 2024. I pray, Lord, that you will cause each one of us, though we have heard this now five times, today's the sixth, that we will not just yawn and take it for granted, but that we will carefully consider where we stand and where things are. And Lord, that we will prepare ourselves to move into this new year fully committed and fully engaged in the work that you've given us. And may we do that for your glory and the benefit of others, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day and thank you for listening to On Mission.